pass me a pumptini because justice has been served. I don't know what you're talking about. I've always watched Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> I love to gossip, so let's kiki about it. Oh, classic. I may have given up white nails because of Scandaval, but you'll have to pry my sexy time t-shirt out of my cold, dead hands. <laughs> guys it's andy's girls listen i am so excited i put out a hail mary to three of my favorite content creators human people and bravoholics and i said the scandal is sort of done aside from secrets revealed but i feel like several secrets have been revealed over the course of the reunion finale so i think we have to get into it discuss break it down and get everyone's thoughts healing together healing in america is the theme of this app so let me introduce these sassy hashtag writer girls hashtag women supporting women hashtag bethany whatever girl boss bullshit etc let's get to it you know her through her mission statement which says it all if dateline and sports center had a bravo baby welcome back to ag bravo bravo ducking bravo thank you good to be here oh my gosh you know this person as professional talker social media journalist ceo of deep dives and of course the talk of shame. Welcome back to the People's People's Couch, Kiki Monique. Let's have a Kiki. Oh, let's Kiki about it for sure. I'm so excited to see once again the internet's go-to legal analyst and host of the Emily Show podcast, where she gives a fresh take on legal commentary in the news and pop culture stories you want to talk about. Emily D. Baker, welcome back to Andy's Girls. I'm thrilled to be here. I just wish I was climbing into the clawfest with you so we could like <laughs> all just have a group hug and a Pinot Grigio, but I love it. I'm here for it. I'm so excited to talk to all of you about this. It's just... I feel like there's a lot of processing that's still taking place inside the Bravo community and honestly in the greater world of pop culture. So I need to start with your thoughts on part three of the reunion. Did you feel that after all the hype, the reunion delivered in whatever way you feel, uh, you know, mazel tov or possible critique? Kiki, can we start with you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think this is one of the greatest reunions we've ever seen, especially from Vanderpump Rules. Like the early days of Vanderpump Rules, those reunions were like stellar and sort of we lost a little bit of, you know pizzazz whatever it was over the last like season or two and so yes it was giving everything it needed to give um I think obviously accounts like us who kind of know everything and we're always trying to get answers way ahead of time I think we knew what was to come but it didn't change the way it was delivered and yet there is a feeling amongst many members of the Bravo community that they felt like maybe because of all of the hype that it somehow didn't deliver this huge sort of climate ch changing reveal at the end or maybe throughout the episode. Did Emily, did you feel that you still kind of had that vibe or do you agree that in, in some way, in any way, it felt like a letdown? 
I think they oversold the reveal and I want to bring a class action lawsuit for the waste of my time. <laughs> the way that my brain was occupied by what is going to take place in the last five minutes. And I'm like, if it is just a timeline that this affair started earlier, like we know that this affair started earlier. Everyone believes in their soul. This affair started earlier than they said. We know Tom was coaching Raquel and they were getting their stories straight. So when that's kind of the reveal, I'm like, really? that that's the last five minutes the cast can't sign contracts this is going to change everything and it kind of overshadowed it because the rest of the reunion absolutely was incredible we got to see ariana for the first time confront raquel we got to see raquel trying to show emotion at some point um it was it was a great reunion but then you get to this oversold reveal that wasn't and that part that part was a letdown for me. The rest of it was so good. I might pretend the last five minutes didn't happen, though the throuple reveal was kind of entertaining. I, I I was I was entertained. Wait a second, you're pretending that the because the last five minutes to me was like so essential to understanding line by line, like dead on proof through Raquel that everything Tom had constructed to say, to manipulate over the course of the reunion was a complete active fabrication. But didn't you think that going in? We knew that. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. knew that. <laughs> yeah. Um, BBDB, tell me more. I'm just saying, like, that's not a surprise to me that, you know, Tom has been pulling the strings and coaching her to say, thou doth protest too much. How many times did he say, but one time, it was only one time, we only slept together one time, one time. The more he said, I need to go back and count. I think it was at least 10. You don't push something that hard yeah. unless it's not true. And look at, we got a former prosecutor here. Like, absolutely. Like these are, these are just, to me, he's sweat. He's up there flop sweating. He's just pushing stuff. You know, she looks like she's a deer in headlights and like she's measuring and checking everything she's saying and almost reading off a script. That wasn't a shock to me at all. She was reading off a Tom script, wasn't she? Yeah. He was so desperate to get to the trailer in the first half. And he was so unaware that she was watching the whole time. And it was like, what, did you really think that she wouldn't see this whole thing go down? And it just like, and that's why he had that whole meltdown in, you know, the earlier reunions, because he wanted to make sure when she got on that stage, she said the things that he wanted her to say. How do you think he's going to respond to this, if at all? He's continuing his tour, which is fucking nuts. How does he find a way out of this? Or is this just the hole he's going to remain in for a big, long while? I think he still thinks he's a victim because everyone else has always covered for him. And now Raquel's not covering for him. And he saw her like lay it out. I mean, I'm sure she knows that they're not speaking anymore. And this is the end of that because everybody has carried on his stories for so much longer. And I think that was the biggest reveal to me in all of the parts of this reunion is how much Ariana had been carrying for him. The Miami girl and the rest of it, it's like, Girl, you, when you talk about riding or dying for this man, you were keeping his secrets to the grave and he turned on you. And the second it got a little hard, Raquel immediately spun back around and was like, okay, fine. Let me tell you everything. I'm not, do I'm not caring for this man. Ariana did it for nine years. That was the part that I was like, wow, wow. So I think Tom feels like a victim. And the most interesting part of that to me was like, he was trying to turn it on her. We saw so much active manipulation 
directly like loud and clear as day you were the one who was coaching me to do things you were the one who wasn't presenting that uh we were being um honest about our relationship he was trying his best to actively insert the narrative so that she first off couldn't start with that and then was in a position like offense defense where she had to respond instead of essentially discussing if that makes any sense which I thought was a, an interesting kind of strategy one of many one of Tom's many love languages that he utilized over the course of the reunion which was uh fascinating and horrifying all at once Kiki question for you you were at the LA watch party I was at the New York watch party what was the vibe did you have any interactions with the cast who was there and did they stay to watch? Yeah, I mean, it was James and Allie and Katie. Um, I think Peter was working. And, um, you know, it was very much a, like, party atmosphere. You know, they had broken down like each of the rooms into like you know because there were invites but then there were also tickets sold and so and then I think they had like kind of press rooms so they had broken down kind of each section and there were like kind of tables with uh, tvs in front of them so everyone sort of had their own individual tvs so that was like really cool and James and Allie came in and James was ready to party he had his microphone going through the whole place and um was taking pictures with everyone and he was like super just like really friendly and nice and doing his taglines to people. Allie was, you know, looking, she's gorgeous. Like she's gorgeous in person. Like she's gorgeous. And Katie was really, she was, she was Katie. She was like walking through, but very reserved and, you know, just doing her own thing. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, everyone was into it and, you know, we were drinking pumptinis and just like, <laughs> it was an amazing, it was like the, it was the ticket of the year, I would say. But were there goat cheese balls? There were. There were goat cheese balls. And so we had those for our amuse-bouche. We had a little gem salad. We had the little famous uh, spicy rigatoni. Yeah. It was, it was like, sorry, my cat is deciding to make my life hell, even though she was asleep the rest of the day. <laughs> She's a friend of. No, we yeah. welcome all women on today's episode. In the words of Andy Cohen, he had some thoughts about how the women of America were going to respond to this episode in certain points. Um, so she uh -huh. is more than welcome. That actually sort of brings up the quote that became viral in the hours leading up to the episode when Andy essentially said there is a moment during, you know, tonight's episode where Tom says something that is going to upset every woman in America. I assumed that moment was um, when Tom referenced and sort of mocked Ariana wearing a t-shirt while they were having sex, which was uh, a wild moment of the night. Do you agree? Do you think that's what it is? And what was your reaction to that? I think that was the moment Andy meant. And there's a couple levels to it. The, the thing that made me the most angry is it felt like Tom was losing ground and went for a really low blow specifically to Ariana to try to blame her. Like, oh, you were wearing a t-shirt. It's not sexy. The reason I stepped out on you is because you're not enough. Like he's continuing to dig at her. And she is a beautiful woman, but she's been really open about her struggles with her body. And it's something so many can relate to. And she's been open and vulnerable about, 
about that. And so for him to take that opportunity to dig at her in that way was like next level disgusting. It was just, it was next level disgusting because he has nothing left to throw at her, which was also interesting to see. Like he's, he's out of shots to take at her. Every commercial last night was her. My husband was like, wait, is she in all the commercials? I'm like, she's in all of the commercials. And here's one for Duracell batteries that she's going to put in her battery operated boyfriend. And she is going to be living her best life. She's like, Tom, who we don't need this at all. My shirt doesn't give a shit. She's selling merch. Like I love, I love seeing how she's bounced from that. But I think everyone has had that moment where someone they cared about has tried to take low blows like that. And so it hits everybody. And so it was, and it, it just unmasks Tom in case we had any questions left. Yeah. I mean, I think that he was so, you could tell the entire reunion what was actually getting at him because he's such a narcissist was she had everything. She had all the friends. She had all of the compassion. And when she said to him, you don't have a relationship with Sheena that is done. It's, struck him in a way. And that was when he started going in about like, well, Sheena did punch and he he started attacking because he doesn't like that he has no control over the situation. He doesn't have friends. He doesn't have relationships. He thought he could manipulate his way back into these people's lives because that is the only way he has known how to function for years. And he is operating so outside of himself. That's why when, when we see these TikToks of him, you know, he's on tour around the US. You know, we just saw one today. He was in the airport at Chicago. They had to call his name twice and he was disheveled and picking up his bags and trying to get through because he does not know how to operate right now because he's been so used to control and now we have Schwartz that just went on to say that he hasn't talked to Sandoval either so the one person he had in his life that he had a little bit of control left is gone and so he is lost that's such a good point it I really didn't connect the, the, you know, the moment when she was like, Sheena's not yours, that that was like the final blow that started unraveling him. Cause when you go back and look at this season, you can see how he was setting this up. If Ariana hadn't found that video, this whole season would have been like, oh, well, the relationship was loveless and they're basically roommates and, and oh, poor, poor Tom. And, you know, Raquel was just there to love him and support him and, and pick up his poor little ego. And Ariana is just a, she's just such a bad woman. She's not taking care of her man. He was setting that up this whole season and it blew the fuck up in his face. Thank God. And that's why I love the t-shirt moment, because that's a true colors moment. Mm -hmm. So the mask slipped for a second. So he's trying to be emotional. He's trying to, you know, woe is me. And you're the person I've loved most in my whole life. It's like, that's horrifying. If that's how you treat the person you've loved most in your whole life, no. And then, you know, when they go back and they have their little quiet moment, uh, Rachel and Tom, and they're laughing, they were like, they were like villains. Yeah. In a Disney movie, they're giggling and stuff. I was like, that's who you really are. We can see it. You're trying to push all this other stuff. And I haven't even watched the Peacock version yet, but someone said that Lisa pulls him aside and tells him that he needs to be more emotional. And so that's why he started working up what? the tears. Yeah, mm -hmm. I didn't even realize that was a revealed scene. But so she fucking puts her tushy into his goddamn dressing room. And she's like, you know what I think we need for you to be able to move forward in this group is to say I'm sorry. 
Now, the fact that she even has to fucking say that at, at 14 hours in or whatever, probably six, I don't even know, after weeks of this, the fact that you have to remind this person to apologize to the group when he still hasn't to Ariana is a wild moment. But that absolutely, wow. if, if the timing of the edit is, um, is literal, that is what absolutely pushed him into sitting back in the chair and being like oh my god I need a conversation and I just hope you find whatever he said like I'll be 10 steps behind you <laughs> praying for your life like it's just it was all it was because LVP was like produce yourself and he said yes ma'am remember you're supposed to be contrite you're supposed to feel bad where's the feeling bad yeah where is it but the craziest part of that whole scene is like he says that t-shirt line everybody is like what the fuck is wrong with you? And the only person he apologizes to is yes. Schwartz. Yes. Yes. He's putting his hand on Schwartz. And I'm like, this is exactly like who you are. This was, that was a face mask slipping moment. And the IUD to Lala was a face oh. slipping. Like yep. these are, this is who Tom always was. It was that little person under the tongue that was saying these things. And look, I think a lot of them probably had this at different times, right? It's just that like, we did not see this, I think, side of him in this way. And it's coming out in the most disgusting ways, but it's being directed at the one person who has had his back fucking for nine years and more. And the reason he wasn't the bad guy with Kristen Doty is because Kristen kind of matched energy with him and was like, fine, I will expose you. And Ariana covered and helped cover because that Miami girl moment would have exposed it. And it didn't. Instead, it made Kristen look like she was grasping and desperate and couldn't let go of this relationship. And instead, she's like, he's gaslighting all of you. What the fuck? And now nine years later, we're seeing we're seeing what we all think maybe played on beyond the scenes or behind the scenes with Kristen. Right. We're seeing that. But Ariana is not clapping back in the same way Kristen did. And it's it's why this is playing out differently. And I don't think Tom understands why this is playing out differently than it played out before. I think he's actually confused. How would you explain that to him if he was like, I don't get it? I don't, I don't know. If I, I don't know if I could. Lady, I would love to hear that. How would you explain it to him? Um, I would just be like, OK, so here's the thing. Um, like, you know, at the end of a sixth sense, when he realizes he was dead, it's like that, but you're the bad guy. <laughs> you're the bad guy here. <laughs> oh God. It's like, sir, you're 40. It's not cute. This woman had your back in everything. And you stepped out with her best friend and then tried to insult her body on TV. And that was like another interesting moment. Cause I don't, I don't think. Well, this was actually in the 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 Peacock version, but I watched the Peacock version last night. That's why it's confusing. So I actually don't know what version people saw <laughs> on TV because I've only I haven't watched the Peacock version I've yet. I've only seen Peacock. I have not. Lala, you know, says to Ariana, you know, there was clearly an emotional affair that Raquel and Sandoval were having this whole time. If he had come to you before anything physical happened and said, you know, I'm having these feelings, like, would you have, you know, felt the same way or reacted the same way? She's like, I would have given him two choices. Like one, you know, we're done and over, or you can never see her again. But like, could I have gotten over it? Maybe, but either way, it's still like, why are you going for friends? And, you know, it's just an interesting, like, he just, again, thought he was going to like have it happen his way and just didn't see it 
playing out like this. And the unfortunate complication, the challenge of even posing that to Ariana is to suggest that Tom would think he has to choose. Like it's to suggest that Tom thought that this would be a conversation that would involve honesty with his partner. It was never going to be that. His focus was on coloring and characterizing this woman who he loves and she's so great and she'll be great with somebody someday, but she's not great for me now. She's not completing me in the words of Jerry Maguire. She's not pleasuring me in the ways that I deserve. And this other person is like, I don't know how much of this is Tom thinking he could do this forever and Tom just assuming it would always work out because it always, as you said before, Emily, because it always did before. I wonder if he saw or started to see their relationship as a brand because he talked about it with Tom Schwartz too. Like their friendship wasn't a friendship. It was a brand. And we see this with online personalities. You see this in like the YouTuber content houses of days gone by and the TikTok content houses where some people think the relationships are real and some people think the relationships are content and it doesn't work well. It always ends disastrously. And I'm seeing him on the Howie Mandel podcast explaining these things as if they're brand transactions, as if this is not his real life. Like, oh no, Ariana and I are a brand. It's Ariana and Tom and we have a book and we have a house and this is how we play on TV. But in real life, I also want to have a side piece in this other stuff that's my life where Ariana's like, this is my partner. This is my life. And we happen to be on TV. And I think there's a big disconnect there. See, but now I would buy that from him if he wasn't trying to fertilize her eggs. You know what I mean? And I don't know if he really wanted to. It seemed like he kept putting it off. And then when they were filming, he was like, oh, shit, I guess I got to do this. I don't know if he really wanted to. I think towards the end, he didn't want to. I, I do think in the beginning, he probably like, this is something he was probably excited that she was willing to do because it seemed like so like something she wasn't interested in. But then once the emotional affair started, I think he was kind of out of it and was making excuses and there's why he was drinking more, why he was do shrooming every day. You know, he was never going to give up weed because five days, I mean, he couldn't give it up for five days just to like get his sperm tested. So he was, he was absolutely out of it at that point. And you're right. I mean, I think that he just, he saw this as a brand. I mean, look, we've all lived in, in New York and LA, people stay in relationships for decades because the rent's so damn high. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. imagine, you know, if you're making six figures as a, you know, a couple and doing these things. Yeah. But he played it in a way, honestly, that just felt so unfair because once you're buying houses, once you're letting her freeze her eggs, it's it's a whole different ball game. This isn't like a relationship that we can talk about in a contract. And I'll be honest, here's the thing about the thruple. I too was very like interested that like Raquel had gone there because I have always believed this the whole time, the way it's playing out is that Raquel wanted to be Ariana. She It just felt like she wanted to live in her shoes and that she was playing out this fantasy of being Ariana. And honestly, I think if she had tried to seduce Ariana before Tom had tried to seduce her, this actually might have played out a different way. Who knows? I don't know. Because could I have seen a thruple? Possibly. But like you need the permission of the woman in that relation in that instance. I'm sorry. That's just the rules. I don't make them. <laughs> I don't think Tom Zigo could handle that though. He couldn't. That's the thing. But like, <laughs> I think I the think ladies Ariana, could have been fine. 
I think the ladies could have been fine together. <laughs> exactly. I think they could have been a great couple. I think it would have been now. I don't think so. I think it would have like been for a week or something, but that's not to me, from my opinion, looking at Rachel, I don't think she actually did want to throuple. I think she wants to win. Okay. I think she wants yeah. to be better than Ariana. She wants to be the pick me, you know, I'm in competition. The pageant side is coming out. Yeah. And, and I think somebody had up there like all the outfits that she's copied over the years. And it's kind of alarming, kind of alarming. That she's copied of Ariana? Of Lala a couple of times, wow. Ariana, like, and I get it. You get inspired, you know, by the people that you hang around or whatever, but it's almost. It's giving Haley Bieber and Selena Gomez a bit. That's exactly the vibe. Okay. Yes. That's it. And I think Rachel told us this in the car when she was basically like, I don't know what my personality is. Like, I don't know who I am. Like, I, it feels like she's grabbing at everybody else trying to be like, if I do this, will you like me? And if I do this, will you like me? And it's, it would be really tragic if she wasn't so damaging to everyone around her. Yeah. And when it comes to the whole thruple idea, you know, we know that, for example, um, Ariana and Lala once hooked up and it was in Tom's presence, had her consent. It was not a cheating thing or anything else uh, associated with that, regardless of how some people are trying to use it to shame Ariana for currently feeling sad, which is um, definitely a look. But it, to me, gets into the idea of intimacy, like intimacy and boundaries around that, because Ariana made clear at the reunion um, or rather even Tom made clear during that initial conversation that that kind of situation wasn't going to work out. And for Ariana, what was so hurtful about the idea of an emotional affair versus a physical affair and everything else was that it was a crossing of boundaries, including and especially in the ways she looks at emotional intimacy with her friends. Like she never seemingly looked at Raquel with any kind of interest, flirtation, anything of the sort. She never would have thought about it just because she is. I, I mean, it's, I think it's sometimes like a crossing of wires when we talk about someone who is bisexual. Like there's sometimes even an assumption that there could be a potential reality here because she has had relationships with both um, with both men and women in the past. But to me, I'm like, she had no interest in it. She made clear Tom knew enough either for his own selfish reasons and or because he knew that she wasn't into it. And yet, Raquel, while saying later on she's interested in having a thruple, is also turning to Ariana in the group and saying during the reunion, oh, I wasn't, um, I didn't reveal a lot to Ariana. I didn't share intimacies yeah. with Ariana. I wanted to share them with Tom. And I was like, what yeah, the fuck? She, did. Like, she tried it, to say we're not friends like that. She we're, did. We're not, but you want to have she a did. relationship with this, but you want to be in a thruple with her potentially, but you don't feel comfortable <laughs> sharing. See, I mean, we all talk about, Raquel sometimes seeming like a little bit of a vessel, like not a fully formed person. She's working through some stuff. Obviously, there is, you know, a, a sort of a look that she had throughout the reunion and over the course of all of this fallout of either stealing herself or just not being present. And it was interesting to me to see her sort of assign the idea of vessel dumb. Let's pretend that's a thing. To Ariana, for example, that like, oh, yeah, I would have a relationship with this person who I also apparently don't feel comfortable enough 
with to share <laughs> secret. I mean, like make it make sense. Yeah, that's a very good point. Because then it's like, are you just throwing that out there to save yourself and make it look like, like you thought it would work out? But can I ask you ladies a timing yeah, question? Yeah, of course, please. We were talking about fertilizing eggs. And if I'm remembering accurately, the two Toms went to the doctor together because Ariana had traveled for the funeral. So was he at the doctor's office that day and then sleeping with Raquel that night? Because she said in her tearful last few minutes, it's I was so bad because she's out of town for a funeral. Well, that's when he went to the doctor to give the sperm sample when, you know, she was out of town for the funeral. Yikes. Uh, I didn't think about that, but yikes. That's just awful. Because he brought the sperm sample with him to oh, the doctor already. <laughs> oh, God. I'm just saying. I'm so she glad. He was around that... at the house with him during that period of yeah. time. Oh, mm -hmm. my yeah. God. Yeah. How involved was she in this process? And what was her thought and comment to him? Like, don't do it. Or like, oh, no, this will be great. I'll be the side piece. You go fertilize the egg. Like, what is happening? All we know is she was obviously his spank bake material to get that jizz out, which is why I'm glad it <laughs> left it in the cup where it is, not yep. tainting Ariana's yep. eggs. I don't feel good. <laughs> Sorry. The, the, the lawyer brain is like, okay, make the timeline, like throw in everything in the timeline. And it's hard to know with editing, but it stood out to me because his friend Tom was there with him. And I'm like, this is something you do with your partner. And it's like, oh, well, she's at the funeral. I need my support. Well, he couldn't bring Rachel, could he? I just assumed that the other Tom did it, but I, I, maybe I, I was just, Oh, oh God, God. I, we can't go down this path. We just can't do it. I, <laughs> dinner will be served S-E-R at a certain point, And it's not going to be thinking about this. What won't Schwartz do for him though? Well, I mean, apparently they're not talking. Was that on Jax's podcast? Kiki? Yeah. Yeah. Kiki, what was your, the, the Schwartz Jax, Brittany dynamic was fascinating, but so too, I thought was, uh, a lot of what he had to say. What was your reaction to that and also reaction to uh, him over the course of the reunion specific to Schwartz? Yeah, I mean, I didn't get to listen to the whole podcast. I just listened to the sound bites that obviously went viral. Um, and I just think that Tom has, Schwartz has been so used to allowing Sandoval guide him in so many ways. And I think that even comes down to business decisions. Like my understanding is that like even the PR people, Tom, Schwartz doesn't have his own. So he just like kind of uses Sandoval's. And so it's like this advice he's getting on like how to like navigate this. He's just let, you know, go. Now he had a lot of explanations. He said his, you know, Schwartz said his dad had a fall. He was like, you know, um, very ill. His brother was dealing with testicular cancer. He had a lot of family issues. Plus he's going through a divorce. I do think he was not thinking about Sandoval and his like, banging Raquel he was just like oh that guy's an idiot and like I just want to move on and like didn't think I do believe he didn't think it had become like the full-blown affair that had become I think he thought like oh he banged her and like what an idiot and like maybe banged her a couple more times and like god let him get it out of the system but like I can't deal with that I have my own things to deal with but was still covering him for him in that normal way they have always done all of these years and he just didn't stop to think like, wait, the stakes are much higher. This is a different situation than me covering for my friend who banged a cocktail waitress in Vegas. This is Ariana 
and Raquel, he just didn't stop to think. And I think that Schwartz is going to have a lot of growing. I'm so happy to see he's doing, you know, it sounds weird, doing reality shows on his own and going out on his own. Because, look, I think he's, like, still 21 in his head. And I think he's going to have, like, a huge, like, 10 to 15 year growth over this, like, summer. And... Why I'm so interested in season 11 of Vanderpump, look, I don't think any of the cast is going to film with Sandoval and I don't think like any of the cast is, I, I don't even know if Raquel is coming back. I'll be honest. I don't know if she'll come back, but I will be very interested to watch the Schwartz and Sandoval dynamic. How does their friendship navigate this whole thing? I think it's going to change a lot and I'm interested to see that on film. I am too, because when we saw Ariana sit down with him and he was like, literally like, but this is what Sandoval did to me. And this is what's happening to our business. She's like, yeah, this is exactly what he did to you. This is what he did to your business. This is what he did to your employees. What did you think was going to happen? And it seemed like Schwartz hadn't even considered any of it at all. Hadn't considered what would happen to Schwartz and Sandy's. And then when, you know, he's like, oh, I'm not going to kick him when he's down. It's like, no, he dragged you into this and he's continuing to drag you down so if you don't separate yourself it's too late and katie told him and he wouldn't listen and maybe now maybe now he will and that's if Jax is coming back it makes sense that he's on Jax's podcast trying to reestablish who he's going to be able to film with and you know when cameras go up in a couple weeks yep yeah and the thing with the uh, schwartz and learning that i found so interesting is while he seemed to be establishing exactly as kiki said like a separation between him and tom and he he sounded upset which is almost a revelation like he sounded comfortable allowing himself to be mad and to also acknowledge that Tom Sandoval has not yet repented that he's like still carrying his ego as an extra plus one which was to me surprising but what wasn't surprising was when, you know, Jackson, Brittany or whomever were asking about his relationship with Katie and relationship with Ariana. And he's like, you know, like I haven't you know, been to dinners with Katie, but we love each other. And, you know, it's good. And Ariana, I'm giving her space, but it's good. The way he said to ask Ariana during the reunion, the, the world has rallied around you. How does it feel? And I wonder at a certain point if he understands that, like the engaging spirit is only going to be allowed at the reunion because Andy's there and it's like a question to the group, but no one is going to allow him to speak. Like it's not, I don't even know how speech will work <laughs> for Schwartz next season. Like I genuinely don't because who is going to be around if he is prepared to talk about his growth? Who is going to give a fuck about listening? Yeah. Maybe Jax. Yeah, maybe, maybe Jax. I mean, what do you guys think about? I, I guess the two the two question marks here are whether or not Jax, aka Jackson, Brittany, and Kristen will return to the show. Is that something that you would be interested in seeing? I didn't like. I didn't see a space for Jackson, Brittany, and I have said Jax to me is reality TV gold. I love watching him. I'll go on his lives. I really do. But I said I didn't understand how he would work. You make a good point, though, like who would be there for Schwartz. I do think that's an interesting point. Um, that is kind of the only way I think there could be even a gateway to even Sandoval filming, only because Jax would be willing to go into a room with him just to tear him down. He would be willing to do that. 
Um, Kristen has said she's not interested in returning. And I, again, I say like, I don't think there's a space for that either. I think that we got what we needed for that ending scene with her and Ariana and we kind of could come full circle. She gets her sort of like, hey, you guys, I was right. And you guys didn't listen to me. And she had that moment. And I think that we can move on from that. Um, I think at this point, I don't know if we need to return in that way. Little little here and there, like events maybe, you know, sure. She can be at the opening of something about her. Exactly. That's what I want to follow. I want to follow that journey of something about her and maybe Schwartz's journey at Schwartz and Sandy's. And maybe you see some people coming in from Schwartz and Sandy's and you see Schwartz trying to navigate the fact that Sandoval bounced on them multiple times. Like things got hard at that business. And if Schwartz is willing to open up and be like, he left us when it was hard. He left us with this affair. Like he has been a terrible business partner. If we're ready to see Schwartz, like pick up the pieces and try to be an adult and run a business, I would be here to watch that happen. Who's going to talk to him about it? Maybe the people that work at Schwartz and Sandy's. Cause I don't think Katie has time for it. And I don't think she should have to. I don't think it's on her. She's tried with him so many times. I don't think it's on her. I think we get to watch her open her sandwich shop. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. It delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Living in New York City is not easy. Just ask Sonia, trying to sell that house. There are so many mornings where I wake up and think, oh my gosh, I'm having the worst cold of my life. And I realize it's actually from allergies. When my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use Astapro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is looking for Dorinda on the Upper East Side. Astapro always has my back and nose. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Paris is always a good idea, and when I schlep on over to Europe to my favorite city in the world, I bring with me a few important phrases that I have learned from housewives. C'est bon, c'est bon. Chic, c'est la vie. Je m'appelle the Countess. N'est-ce pas, Luan? <laughs> and while those key phrases are important when speaking to any French bravoholic for other matters of life, that's where Rosetta Stone comes in. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including, of course, French. It features fast language acquisition. It immerses you in so many ways. There's no English translations. So you really learn to speak, to listen, and to think in that language. It's an intuitive process. You pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. J'adore Chris Manzo. Et toi? 
There's a speech recognition filter, which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's convenient with desktop and app options, and it's an amazing value. Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. I just came back from the salon and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz-free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. 
patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash andysgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andysgirls. Sign up today. In the words of Meredith Marks, when it comes to that week, week and a half before my period, I wish I was disengaging. My PMS is off the charts. Truly Uber Eats needs to check in and say, it's about that time, isn't it? I know it is. The cravings are crazy. I want to crawl out of my skin. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony and Estro Control, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For AGs who are friends of perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, Happy Mammoth has Hormone Harmony. It's not just a supplement for women going through those stages. It's also become a phenomenon. Women can't stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ANDYSGIRLS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code ANDYSGIRLS for 15% off today. I'm engaging. How do you, though, repent? How do you, like, work through the process of trying to step away from a friendship with Sandoval if you're Schwartz when his name is on the door at both of your bar slash restaurants? Like, how do you do that? Do Are we just supposed to assume that that is potentially taking place when... His name is on the goddamn door. I don't know. Yeah, that's like the weirdest. But part. I kind of want to watch him try to figure it out. Hundred <laughs> percent. I want to watch every minute. I don't know of if there's it. a right answer, which might make really good reality TV because there's no right answer. And maybe James Kennedy picks up that role too and is like, "I told you." Like we've seen James willing to step up. He James is willing to step up to make good TV no matter what. Yeah. Do you need me to cry because I'm getting fired again? I'll cry. You need me to call people <laughs> names? I'll call people names. You want me to surreptitiously call Rachel on the phone and yell at her like it's Love a that. junior oh. high school, you know, three-way <laughs> call attack? We'll do that. Like he's here for it. He would probably also be like, but Schwartz, you know you're a fucking idiot, right? He would, he would have those conversations with him, I think, and start DJing at Fortune's hand. Andy's if they asked him to I bet he would he's like right let's see you next Tuesday over here BBDB what do you think I mean the one thing that I have um learned about myself from really catching up on VPR is that I can't stand Schwartz so I don't want to see him I don't want to hear from him because to me it's worse to be the enabler and the person who, like, he went out there and, like, he made out with Rachel. I, I watched it. I had to watch it in slow-mo a couple of times because I was trying to get Ugh. through it. My DVR would freeze. He put tongue in there. That wasn't just a smooch. He went whole hog. And oh. he knew well, what he was doing. While she's going back upstairs to sleep. Oh. Yeah, while she's fucking Sandoval, which we need to focus on for just a minute. At 
the same time. People talking about the last five minutes didn't deliver. Babe, when you start going over in your head what, how all of this tracks, I'm sorry. I was getting not, not in the way that they were, but I was 100% <laughs> getting some sort of high from the connecting of the dots there. Rachel got her thruple. She just got the other thruple. You know what I'm saying? Like she it just was timed out. It was yeah. timed like how you, you know, at a at a lovely dinner, it was coursed. The thruple was coursed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With the yeah. tongues. And did you hear on Jeff Lewis today? Um, I can't remember the name Paul and uh like the, the, the uh, Patrick and Paul. Yeah. They were saying that Raquel kicked her roommate out to bang Sandoval. I didn't even realize she had a roommate. Sheena like talked about this. Sheena said on her podcast too, that another friend was staying with Raquel and Raquel was like, production said, you can't stay here. And the friend was like, I'll put all my stuff in the closet. You won't even know. I'll just be here to sleep. Sheena went over it on her podcast and I was like, and she's like, no, no production says production says. So Sheena had said, I think they were together then. Um, a couple weeks ago with the the friend was supposed to stay there. And then she was like, oh, blame it on production. And then literally forcefully booted the friend out of the room and was like, I have to stay by myself because ne ne nobody ever stays by themselves on these cast trips. They're always doubled up in the rooms. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Rachel can't be doubled up in the room. And now we all know why. So it's why we kind of suspected that's what was happening. Yeah, and the extra shitty part of that is this friend, Jenny, who I think came into the group through Raquel, possibly through the pageant world, I forget, um, but asked Raquel because she has been around the group during filming and what because it's her now husband couldn't attend. I forget if they were married at that point or engaged. Um, Raquel then attended her wedding or had attended her wedding prior, like close friends. And she said to Raquel, make sure to clear this with production. I understand how filming works. Make sure they're aware. I think Jenny also paid for the room. And I am that kind of fucker where I'm like, do not cost me a penny when you fuck with oh me. So God. you're just screwing with me twice. Like, why don't you get your here's the thing. Why don't you get your own fucking room? There's always someone who has to be sacrificed so that Sandoval and Raquel mm -hmm. can fuck. And that yeah. annoys me. Like, be charitable with your affair. Yeah. Do one yeah. thing to go out of your way so that someone else doesn't have to deal with the aftermath without actually knowing about it. Yeah, like... That reminded me, you know who else I met at the um, party last oh night? Oh, my God. Can you Ooh, tell me who? literally everything? Tell me literally everything. The woman who sold Raquel the lightning bolt necklace. In <laughs> All of the world oh, coming together. That $800 piece of history. Yes. That was actually an interesting moment, too. She bought, she said she actually bought like a few necklaces that day. But yeah, she sold her that lightning bolt $780 necklace. Honestly, as Emily said, I was actually like shocked by the reveal that it really truly was to stay have a connection with Tom. I sort of thought that was something we all kind of saw. Oh, my God. And she has a lightning necklace. And then, oh, my God, she's buying the lightning bolt on camera. I kind of still thought we were projecting a little bit onto that. So when she was like, no, I literally did that. So when I look in the mirror and also wear this around other people, I can remind myself that I'm fucking Tom. I mean, I was shocked. Diabol it's diabolical <laughs> yeah, it to be like, it's in your face. And I think there's times when we see her and Tom laughing. I think she loved that she was causing everyone else to have such big feelings. Like, look at Sheena. It's like, oh, 
should I have written her a note? <laughs> like she was loving that Sheena was so upset over the breakdown of their friendship. It really seems she genuinely was thrilled with the power that she wielded over people to cause such distress. So this is where I get a little confused or have a little bit of a counter because I don't know. I thought in the moment she was making a joke and I was like, oh my God, that is one of the worst things that I heard during that episode when Sheena's incredibly upset talking about the impact and damage and trauma of like figuring out the court stuff, how it's going to affect her job, it affecting her child because she had a breakdown in front of her daughter who then started, as Lala later said, hyperventilating. Like that's not a joke. She wasn't eating, wasn't sleeping, everything else. And Raquel being like, maybe I should write her a card. I thought at first that she was joking and being a dick. And then I was talking to somebody, uh, it might have been BBDB, I forget who it was, but the response was like, no, I th I think she was being literal. I think that there was a way she was processing it without really understanding what the fuck is going on, where she was maybe being a smart ass, but also being like, I guess this is another person to apologize to. Like, I don't know how sarcasm, I don't know whether or not sarcasm exists when it comes to Raquel. Sometimes she might perform it, but I think some of this was like, genuinely almost was shocked thinking about moment. it out loud not even shocked just like I guess I should write her a card not entirely that I think there was a little bit of a potentially a mix of a lot of stuff but that's a part of it I was like did you not think about this at any point like of course this would have an effect on another person I think that yeah I think that's why people are so it's her disconnect from emotions that is making people become armchair doctors because they're like you know we've obviously watched enough documentaries and all of these things to be like you know these are signs of this and this and this and it's like I'm not gonna diagnose anyone what I do know is she was a pageant girl and I can judge her on those things and that's really all I can judge her on that and the fact that you know I've dealt with petty bitchy cunty women in my life so it's like those two things are what I know exist and that's how I can judge her everything else well she's gonna have to come out. And that's another reason I want to watch season 11. I would like her to come back. I want to know like what her treatment was for. I would like her to share some of this because I do have empathy for her. I do not. I think she did horrible, disgusting things. And if I were Ariana, I would say the same thing. I would make it final. You, this is forever. We will never, I do not ever forgive you. And I get that. But as someone who just can watch this and see that she was manipulated by a terrible man, I want to understand like if she actually realizes like what happened to her and like what she has learned and what she, how she has grown because it's a, this is the hardest, one of the hardest things life lessons she's ever going to have. She has lost every single person in her life, including Tom, because let's be real, he's not going to be around. You've lost every single person in your life and you have to rebuild. And how are you going to rebuild? And potentially your job, mm -hmm. like everyone and your job mm -hmm. and seemingly the only job she has had, because I don't think they really work at Sir. No, Maybe I'm late to that. <laughs> and even finding out, even finding out that James was paying for everything was like a shocker because it was like, yeah. so wow, you really have just been like being taken care of this entire time. You have no idea how to survive in this world. Oh my God. Yeah. And the thing with Raquel that I find so interesting aside from the fact that I'm still in complete shock that it was Raquel, I still haven't fully processed that the person he was having an affair with 
was fucking Raquel, like fucking not as a verb, but a descriptor. Like, it's just shocking to me. And yet, I don't know who else it could have been. Like, I think there was such a benefit to both of them that she was on the show, that they were all good friends. It worked out in both of their favor. And the thing with Raquel is not similar to Schwartz, but like when it comes to working through what exactly has taken place, if she even has capacity for that, which is completely TBD, is the fact that like, if I was just a person outside of the show or wherever else, her friend Jenny, for example, with like the Mexico trip or whatever else happens in the future, I could never trust her with anything again, which is not to punish her for the rest of her life. She is 28 years old, but also she is 28 years old. And there were power dynamics at play, as you said. I think fame and that kind of like celebrity was probably more of an influence and a power dynamic and experience with Tom versus age. But with Raquel, Tom is like a piece of shit. He's garbage. He's he is an asshole. He is the worst kind of guy using all of the most delicate things to throw in Ariana's face for making the mistake of choosing him nine years ago. But with Raquel, I'm like, as a woman, I could never trust her with anything, not just because of her record, but because I don't think she understands how this could work in the future. Like, I don't know that she understands how to make a good decision, let alone be someone deserving of trust. Yeah, I mean, my thoughts on Raquel are, yes, (laughs) (laughs) yes, absolutely. You know, she's in her late 20s and a man, I guess, at 40, 41, I don't even know. It doesn't matter. Uh, mentally, I don't think he's there, and that's that's his journey that he needs to go on. Um, I don't know that she will ever grow the way that she needs to by staying on the show, because I think that brings out the worst in her, which is acting however she thinks that people want to see, saying what she thinks people want to see, thinking about how can I get ahead, what do I need to do to be like the number one gal in this group kind of a thing. So it depends. I mean... If mess is the answer, then she'll give that. But especially because she has had a life where she went from, you know, college to trying to do some pageants to dating James. I think they were together for like five years. He took care of things. He paid for things, apparently. She really does need to stand on her own two feet. I think that's the biggest takeaway a lot of people have watching her. It's like, well, who are you? Who, what would you like to be? What are your opinions on things? Yes, you're protecting Tom and he wanted you to do this, but what did you want to do? And you can click your heels together and start doing whatever you want to do any minute, whenever, whenever you decide. So she has to realize that. Yeah, but the thing that concerns me about even her attempts at growth, aside from in addition to the fact that this environment is the exact opposite of what she needs, is that she has clearly defined her independence as a direct correlation to the affair. That her finding herself and not needing True, to make anybody dangerous. happy yeah. and, you know, being her own person, it's directly connected to her identity, which has a huge component specific to Tom, not only about independence and about being someone who allegedly isn't desperate to be liked, but about finding love. Like she thinks the definition of love is, and I don't even mean to be like graphic, is just like, 
fucking Tom because I don't know what else is there. And even the way that she talked about maybe in the tail end in the last five minutes, uh, you know, I don't want to betray him by telling the truth. The fact that he taught her or showed her or they understood within each other's dynamic that tr- that betrayal would be uh, stopping the lie train from taking place. Like she's talking about how upset she is to deceive, but apparently she doesn't believe that she deserves to tell the truth because that would upset Tom. It's like so fucked. It's I don't know how you get out of that dynamic, let alone the show. The most emotion she showed early on in the reunion was when she was upset at Tom with the way he was talking about his relationship with Ariana during the reunion. And she was like, it seems that maybe Ariana thought you were still in a relationship because you were leading her to believe you were still in a relationship. And it seemed like that's when she was realizing that Tom was lying to her on the side about what their relationship was like. And she hadn't realized that before. I'm wondering if that's why she sat down with production because she was like, what Tom was telling me she got to see at the reunion was not true. And she felt betrayed by Tom because he was still with Ariana, intimate with Ariana and going along as if he was still going to maintain his life with Ariana. And that's when we see her start to shift in the trailer being like, what? And then, and then after that, Tom's like, get this camera out of my face. I need to talk to her. I wonder if that's the moment where he was losing control of her and and what she would say and not able to rein her back in to get on script when they went back out to the reunion. Can I say something super dark just to throw this in here? Always. I mean, hello. Welcome to Andy's Girls. What if one of the reasons that she recorded that confessional with production wasn't even necessarily to maybe take a step away from Tom and hold him accountable, but to get more information. Maybe that was the only way to talk to production and be like, so Tom's saying stuff, but he told me stuff, but I love him. But can someone explain to me what just what just took place at the reunion? And the response is, yes, we can unpack it, but it has to be on camera. And so that was the currency exchange was like more information maybe coupled with it doesn't take away from her maybe wanting to tell the truth and wanting to release obviously as we saw it was like an explosion at the end but maybe there was also some other stuff going on and maybe production's the only people she had left to talk to because variety put out today i think it was scene scene of the scene or whatever variety did a thing and um i don't remember which member of production it was was saying she reached out and wanted to sit, wanted to talk to production. So I think you hit the nail on the head that production might've been the only, the only place she had to talk to and maybe unburden herself a little. And they're like, it'll be on camera. And she was like, I just need to talk to somebody that is, you make a great point in that Sarah. I mean, listen, you know, I love to make a scene and I haven't actually even watched that yet, even though Kate Arthur was recently on AG. So that is a great reminder. There's so much fucking content out right now in response. Like I'm working my way through the glamour profile. There's a lot going on. But that's also the thing with Raquel. Like I honestly felt so much rage about this at the beginning. And it's like as as uh, I think it was Ariana said to Andy at one point, like all men are trash. And he's like, yeah, no, I agree. We are. And and also my interactions with have also proven men are terrible to date. And it's like not to take away from Tom, because also through part three, it's like he is the absolute supervillain of supervillains to me. Just apologies. 
But like with Raquel, I'm like, oh my God, it's just so complicated. So I don't want to suggest, Kiki, as you said, in like having conversations about through the lens of empathy and, and just honestly understanding like what is going on. It's not to excuse her behavior. Um, and, and it's to me like not to necessarily give her an out. It's just to say that from a point of curiosity, because she doesn't know who she is, neither do we, there is an opening there for a lot of conversation. And also like, I, I don't know. I, I think that there was an absolute element of control. And other women need to see this because there is there are a bunch of women right now who are having relationships, maybe with their best friend's man right now that need to watch this play out and, and see the signs of like, is this man behaving like Sandoval? If so, you're going to end up like Raquel. So watch this cautionary tale as it plays out. You know, like I would have, you know, I would have loved in the reunion, you know, Again, Raquel is seeing things and that's why six days later she goes to production. But if in that moment she had had just, I don't know, the awareness when Tom said, yeah, she was wearing a fucking t-shirt to be like, fuck you, Tom. Don't you ever fucking talk to a woman like that. Not that Ariana would have cared. She would have been like, I don't want you to have my back, but I would have loved to have seen that for her because I think that would have just given the audience something of like, you're, you're starting to like, I don't know, take the red pill, whatever the pill is like, you're, you're waking up. Right. I don't think she can process that he would do that to her, even though we saw glimpses of it when they were on the couch together and she was giggling like, Oh, we can't kiss on camera. But then she's like, I'm just having a hard time with the fact that like you would do this to Ariana who you love so much, but you wouldn't do it to me. And then we see Tom kind of pull her back in. So we know that she thought about it. And that's what makes, for me, it hard to look past it because she says it. She says she's aware. She's talking about the fact that she knows that he could turn around and do this to her. And she still just goes right down the rabbit hole. And maybe it took to the reunion for her to pull it off. But then it's like, okay, even though I'm sitting here, I'm not defending Raquel. But no, no, it's like, I love I the see, devil's advocate. I, this is the same devil's space. advocate. Women supporting women, meaning the four of us, just the four of us. Okay. Everybody else can go fuck themselves. Just no. the four of core four, core four, Shan style. Yes. And at the end of the reunion, when her and Tom go back to the dressing room and, you know, he's like, you know, they're kind of like, oh, that was tough and I couldn't get through it. But then they start giggling. And then she says something like, you know, the part that really got me was when James said that Allie was an upgrade. And then like, she goes, well, I guess she is now. <laughs> and they both, and they both start laughing. Yep. They both start laughing because he's actually laughing at her. She's yep. realizing she's trash. Like, and so then in that moment, I'm like, who the fuck are you two? You are del- and so then I'm like, do I, I don't know. I don't know. I keep going back and forth. So do I. So do I. I don't know because there's parts of me that feel bad for her and feel empathy for her and was like, how manipulated was she by Tom? But then there's part of me that's like this betrayal of Ariana. You shouldn't be able to be manipulated by anybody to betray a friend the way that you betrayed your friend who was so close. And then to know that cameras are rolling. Like there's a whole nother level. This is not just playing out in somebody's high school, because this is all very high school shit. But to know cameras are also rolling, I don't know. I think both she and Tom enjoyed the thrill of it. 100%. Mm-hmm. One, that's Halloween in a nutshell. Absolutely. And I yeah. think she knew what she was doing was wrong, even if she didn't know how bad it was going to blow back onto her, because she thought they were smarter than the whole world and nobody was ever going to find out. 
That's why she felt comfortable. What you would never be talking to Ariana about the intimate details of her relationship, their sex life, all of that. If you thought your secret was ever going to come out because that looks horrifying. So they were just cocky. I think. I think she thought Tom was going to leave Ariana and there would be a pause. And then the two of them would start dating because she was there to pick up the pieces and that her story arc would be the Tom and Ariana start story arc nine years ago. I right. think she thought she saw it playing out that way in her head. Like, okay, this is going to end and they're just not happy. And then I get to pick up and now I'm Ariana of the show. That's right. Absolutely. Single white female, like just yep. cut her little face out of the photo. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to move, move into the house. And okay. I'm sure Tom was telling her, Ariana told me if we ever broke up, she's leaving California. She's not going to be on the show. She's not going to do any of this. Like if we ever break up, she's out, you're in, you're going to be the number one chick in yeah. this group and you're going to be on my arm. And it's all like, I'm a restaurant owner and I own Tom Tom and I'm in a bit. I'm sure he was gassing her up with all of that shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's also precedent there. We've seen this happen so many times, which is what a lot of people are referencing in saying this is not a big deal. The difference, however, is Ariana. It's a different yeah. dynamic. It's a nine year established relationship with people who considered and called themselves life partners. And Tom's partner was someone who truly supported him and had implicit, explicit trust. Like she had off camera and off camera conversation with Sheena. You know, I think that there's something going on here. And Ariana was like, thank you so much. Thank you for doing this off camera. I appreciate it. But I trust my boy. I trust one of my best friends and I trust my boyfriend. And that's the missing piece that Raquel and Tom can't understand. Why are they being treated so poorly? And it's because the person that you shit on happens to be among the best. Like it's. There is that factor there. They don't understand why it's different than when Tom left Kristen and the two of them were cheating on each other. Kristen and Ariana aren't friends. She's like, why is it different than when like Lala and James hooked up there? If you can't see the differences there, we have bigger problems. Yeah. Yeah. And that was to me such a time suck. I'm like, it's part three. It's part three. We got to get going here. <laughs> yeah, like and they, they wasted so much yes. time talking about perceived transgressions of Lala and James from five plus years ago. I was like, that everything please it's part you were, three you were you, screaming objection relevance objection yes. relevance asked and answered <laughs> like we've got rachel sitting right over there for a limited amount of time sheena's in a trailer what are we doing here andy so that was a huge time suck for me and then also plugging the vegas restaurant oh god yeah oh my god and the lighting nick elaine leave me alone oh my god <laughs> leave me alone like Lisa to me was just like when she was like so unaware of like the Halloween costumes of Sandoval dressing up like Raquel and just being so shocked. It was like, OK, Lisa, I love you, but like, get out of here because like we're yeah, always are the you not up to speed? <laughs> <laughs> no one gave her note cards like she gets paid probably an exorbitant amount of money and she doesn't know about Halloween. Does she not have social media? Does no one speak to her? Like how, how did Jiggy probably knows like God rest him. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone knows. 
Everyone knows about the Halloween uh, costume. And that's why I think like Lisa to me was representative of like Bravo as a whole and why they thought that last five minutes was going to be a bombshell. And I think they just didn't realize they knew the level of Bravo dim fandom and how deep we go, but not as much. And I think finally someone whispered like an assistant whispered in their ear and they were like, you guys, this is like a whole thing on Reddit. They know it. Like we got to pull it back a little bit or they're going to be really mad at the reveal. And it was like, again, I think the reveal for people who aren't in the details it was like okay like and also again the the reveal to me was bigger like you said Sarah it was more about confirming what we knew about Tom that like all of those lies he had told that he was still trying to get away with he's it, it's coming out and it also it, it's like and that's why I also believe the jacuzzi conversation happened because he is adamant that that the jacuzzi conversation where he hit on her and told her that there was an open relationship at Coachella didn't happen and and Raquel was like, I don't know what you're talking about because I think she was still playing along with his, like, we can never say that that happened. Um, but it just confirmed, like, you know, what we needed to know. And I'm sorry. I know that there were a bunch of people on social after who were like, we always knew this information. Watching Raquel essentially choke out the reveal that they were fucking, I assume, in Ariana's bed, something, I don't know what, an instinct tells me they probably didn't use the guest room to fuck while she was at her grandmother's funeral. I mean, they better be careful that Charlotte isn't the only one haunting them because <laughs> that was honestly wild to me, not just in like the line delivery of it, which was a lot, but also the fact that that's on tape. I mean, Kiki, exactly right. what you're saying. It's especially for Tom, who likes to insert in as much manipulation as he possibly can and, you know, provide an arena of nuance and gray. It's very, very hard to do that, although he probably will attempt to against Raquel. She's confused. She doesn't know what she's saying. It wasn't that bad. And you know, that it was in their bed because this is what Tom does, right? Kristen moves out of the apartment. Ariana moves into the apartment. And then Ariana's like, we're getting new furniture. And he's like, what's the big deal? And she's like, you're disgusting. <laughs> and so, of course, he's going to be disgusting. And then I love seeing her film the Duracell commercial in there in their home. Like I, I'm, I'm living for it. Like get the man out of the house, get your money back for the house. And it's time to just, Ariana's going to be fine. Tom, I don't think is going to recover from this because there's no one to guide his ship. Okay, speaking of that, I have a question for you because there was a little bit of a, uh, not kerfuffle, but passionate discourse taking place on some of my social, and I'm sure it's happening on your channels as well, when it comes to Ariana making bank, like making the commercials. I've heard from people who've said things along the lines of like, I'm concerned that she's doing too much. I'm concerned that it's like, people are going to lose empathy and sympathy. I'm, I'm concerned that she is choosing to monetize too hard. And other people who are saying um, this was nothing, not only has she been able to make money, but she doesn't deserve to be the victim. It wasn't really that bad. And a lot of it seems to be connected with her making money, monetizing, uh, with keeping that in line with the fact that she couldn't still be upset. Because she's doing so well. It's like a nothing burger. She shouldn't pretend to be a, a quote unquote victim, even though I'm sure she would have some thoughts on even that word being used. But like, you know, she she can't be a woman who was humiliated, even though, as we saw, she had some thoughts on that word being used. It wasn't really that bad. She should be grateful. Like, 
what's your reaction to that as creators, as women, as fans? I'll, I'll start. Um, first of all, misogyny runs deep. So I think that, you know, anyone coming for Ariana, striking while the iron is hot and while she's a well-known name, and it's not just a Bravo pocket, right? Because like we're used to operating in our own little Bravo sphere. We don't assume that anybody outside of it knows what's going on. This is a unique situation. This is, this is you know, reached people that don't normally understand any of the shows or, or know what's happening, right? So why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you as a woman who has connected herself with a man who is financially you know, sucking you into a black hole now try to crawl yourself out of that. And part of that is having your own income. She's got to cut ties with the house. She's got to get herself out of whatever loan she signed to help him with the restaurant. So uh, to me, it is, it's beyond like insensitive for someone to say she shouldn't be making money after what has happened to her. I, I think she should absolutely be making as much money as humanly possible because everything ebbs and flows in life, right? Like something will take the place of this and then it will be over. And you don't want her to be in a place where this man has not only done that to her, but then also caused her financial strain that she can't get out of. I think that's exactly the answer. Like what, yeah, how do you respond to that? Because that's exactly what needs to happen. And look, we know that people love to watch people fail. So like, it's going to come to a tipping point where, where there's just people who are going to be sick of it and like, be like, I'm tired of her making this money, but who cares? It's not, she needs to do exactly that for those reasons. And when this is all over and she can't make any more money, then she'll move on to something else. Yeah. I think she's absolutely catching the lightning in a bottle, which you have to do. This is a moment where the entire world spotlight is on you. And I think people wanted to see her be, you know, a broken woman. And she's like, no, I'm a fucking Phoenix. And she said, I was broken with my friends and they came and gathered around me for a week. And then it was like, girl, you need to dry your tears, stand up and make some money so you can be independent from this man. And if you at season 11, don't want to do it anymore, you can yeah. walk. You need to set yourself up because her workplace is inextricably linked with her right. ex and her bestie who have done this really fucked up thing to her. She needs to be able to create that distance so she can walk if she needs to. And without this, I don't know if she would have been able to set that up. And it sets up her to, if she wants to just do something about her and move off of reality TV and move out of the public spotlight later to heal, she can. But for now, people are like, she's doing too much. I don't know. It's okay, I think, to push the processing off till later and, and run headlong into work. Do men ever get chastised for going back to work after no. a divorce no. or, or no. no other upset? He's throwing himself into work. It's so noble. Yeah. Right? And she is. And she should. Good yeah. for her. Get Agreed. all the bag. Good for Lala, too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, get it. Send it to Daryl. Get, get it. I feel bad. I feel the most bad for Sheena. This was like her wedding season. I mm -hmm. thought this reunion would be like, you know, Sheena, we've seen this growth from you. We've seen this 360 and you've had a kid and we've, we've watched you go from, you know, bridging this show from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills to getting married and being in a relationship and having a child and getting all the things you want. Like the whole season shifted out from under her and I kind of, I kind of felt bad for her a little bit. Yeah. And Katie, I mean, I think Katie, yes. 
Katie did get redeemed, but I think it was, she would have been sitting next to Andy if none of this had happened because it was really, we were going to watch this play out. We were going to see, you know, Raquel in some moments, we were going to feel sorry for her when they were being mean girls and then we were going to hate her. And it was going to be that season. Um, but I think the short side would have come out regardless. And that would have been a very interesting storyline. And so we lost, you know, some of that, but that's why I think season 11 is so important because we don't have to revisit those things, but now we have to like stay in those moments and see those people and honestly Lalala, I don't know how she can because it seems like there's like somewhat of a gag order happening but we're gonna have to pull in some of this Randall scandal into mm. this because that we also need to get to the bottom of it. and we'd be getting to the bottom of it in other ways but like that's really if she can't talk mm -hmm. about it I don't know really what she's gonna talk about on season 11 probably custody a hundred percent custody. And, um, you know, I think, I don't know what the legal shenanigans were that were happening behind the scenes as far as like cutting down any storyline with about Rand, because Lala said that she filmed a lot about it. It just wasn't included. So who knows what the network decision making is going to be just as far. I mean, Emily, would, what am I fucking talking about? Emily would have some thoughts on liability, but the other aspect of this is the sisterhood of it all. And what was so interesting to me was the number of times that Sandoval was like, thanks everybody for supporting my gal and I'm so appreciative. And then directly contradicting that thanks by questioning the level of support and the reason. Like, Lala, you just jumped on the bandwagon. You don't actually care for this person. You guys aren't close. You're just doing this to be a part of the larger zeitgeistiness of, a, zeitgeistiness of it all. And what's fascinating to me is to genuinely see some of these women repairing fractures like Sheena and Katie, not um, doing a total course correction, but saying, listen, we have some shit with each other. Maybe it'll be worked out. Maybe it won't. But we are here for a larger purpose to support our friend. And that to me is very interesting because I don't know that we've seen that kind of unified dynamic that still obviously has cracks it's reality and it's different personalities but the sisterhood of the scandal is something that i really appreciate especially when they laugh at sandoval as he tries to knock it down absolutely i think on the legal side i'm curious you know when you're starting to look at which production companies randall emmett has worked with how they are corporate connected to nbc universal and I think I think some of this is much higher up the chain than Randall Emmett. I think a lot of this is 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 up to the corporate level of okay, well, his movies are produced here, and and so I think there's more to it than just maybe a cease and desist to the network because the network normally doesn't abide by those kinds of things if it's going to make good TV. So it really just depends how deeply that's connected. And there, some of this is still allegations that haven't been proven in court. And we know that Bravo doesn't necessarily love being dragged into court over yeah. these types of things. So cutting things that are being said that are still allegations, I'm I'm not surprised that they are at this point. And I would love to hear Lala talk about it on her podcast because then it'll find its way onto the show one way or the other. This is way. true. Yeah. And I think, I mean, and this is just from someone I heard that I trust is that like, I also believe that Randall allegedly still has important friends in high places who are able to talk to people 
and get them to not do things. And I think those relationships are still very, um, yeah. Hmm. But then also back to your your sisterhood comment, Sarah. Yeah. What I do love is how VPR has really come 180 because it really started off as this brotherhood of like do bros protecting each other. And that's why I want to see like all the girlies just thriving and like, yeah, like it would be fun to see Sheena and Katie have their little banter back and forth, but still like come together as girls do and be like, fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> Just take over the cast. Let's, we don't need, we don't need to see many scenes with the guys. They can yeah. be, they can step to the side and we can watch the women thrive for a season. I'm here for it. But can I ask you all a question? Please. How good is BravoCon going to be this year? Oh my God. I love <laughs> Vegas so much. You don't understand. I think, I think good. I think good. You know, I was on the fence for a while and then I got the bug. I knew it was going to happen. I got the bug. So. I mean, speaking of BravoCon, maybe this is a little plea to the powers that be and to any listeners when they start putting out feelers about what do you guys want to see and what kind of panels. Let's get some content creators, including yes. people who aren't necessarily celebrities, quote unquote, although all of us are celebrities in our own right and special way, <laughs> because I think that is the piece that has been missing. And that is the reason that I'm so appreciative to all of you, not only for taking the time today, but also for creating such incredible specific conversations on your own social, on TV and everywhere else, because those conversations have value. And there is a framework here that I think is necessary, especially in the Bravo community, that Bravo doesn't really appreciate and amplify in that way. So with all of my thanks to all of you for like continuing to kick ass, my hope is that some of these kinds of conversations will exist on one of those stages because I think it's time. I think they're valuable enough and interesting enough and have obviously the audience. So fingers crossed, hopefully some of those panels will include women. You know what I'm saying? Oh my gosh, nice. wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be nice when discussing women's lives that we really put some focus into gender parity? Wouldn't that be wonderful? I'd love to see it. Maybe let new media and creator media access a media room where they could sit down and put out all the content that everybody was watching about, about BravoCon with, you know, electrical outlets and a, and a table. <laughs> The amount of creators I saw that were creating incredible content <laughs> sitting on the floor plugged into something yeah. like hurt my soul. It really did. That's how it was. And you know what? As long as we're asking for things, <laughs> I think we should ask for a freaking discount for creators because like that's part of the reason I haven't really talked about it. I'm like, I'm not going to hype it because they're, they're sucking every dime from me to go. <laughs> so why am I going to be like, hey, come, it's going to be so great. It's like, I don't know if it will be great. We'll see how it is. And I'm going to have to pay full price to go yeah. so even though my account has the name in it three times i get zero percent <laughs> discount uh where's our plane guys where's our content creator i want to see jet blue be bravo con whatever the fuck sparkle i yeah. i just think we deserve it well you know i learned at the vanderpump dogs gala this year that vanderpump dogs just got a jet so perhaps we can convince lisa 
<laughs> to like fly us out on the Vanderpump dog jet. Kiki, work it. <laughs> I promise I'm a bitch. I'll fit right in with those puppies. Please. Listen, ladies, I have taken up more than enough of your time. This is a true to be continued. I hope, I beg, I'm saying this publicly instead of privately in my own magical way, that we're able to do this again because let it not take the scan of all, although thank God for the scan of all for these kinds of sisterhood events. So I'm so thankful to all of you. I would love if you could share a little bit of how AGs can stay in touch, can follow you on your social, watch your videos, read your pieces, all that and more. Um, Emily, can we start with you? Absolutely. I'm at the Emily D. Baker all over the interwebs. I host the Emily Show podcast and I live stream trials and court coverage over on YouTube, as well as breaking down all of the court documents in everything that you want to see. So that is where to find me. I'm not hard to find. I'm the one with the purple hair and a law degree. Oh gosh. For like 17 years now. <laughs> I'm the old one. It's easy. <laughs> well, I'm the one with the blonde curly hair and you can find me at the talk of shame also all over the internet. Um, and more recently in the um, Hulu uh, you can find it on Hulu, the ABC Impact yeah. series, uh, Anatomy of a Scandal. Yes. Um, and hopefully some new things coming out very soon, too. And you have to search Impact to find yeah. the documentary that she Yes, sent. you have to go to Hulu and search Impact. Do not search Scandal. You will not find it. <laughs> oh, my God. That's crazy. I didn't actually know that. That's amazing. That, God bless. God bless uh, uh, classic media when it comes to streamers. Um, BBDB, as I lovingly refer to you, um, where can AGs get in touch? Bravo, bravo, ducking bravo on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. I'm going to shift all my dives to YouTube in the near future, she says again. Um, <laughs> and uh, you don't know what I look like yet, but one day you might. We'll see. Listen, here's to new chapters, new beginnings, a little bit of a turtle time, and a pump teeny for the books. Um, guys, join the Andy Trolls Patreon, number one way to support the pod. You get exclusive bonus episodes and so much more, including a supersized satchel spectacular where I talk about all of the listener thoughts and feels, questions and concerns when it comes to the scan of all that I have received from all of you over the course of the last couple days. Patreon.com slash Andy's Girls. Follow me on Instagram. I just forgot my handle. So I'm doing great today, guys. Uh, follow Gally. me on <laughs> Dame Galley. Follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. Feel free to share this episode with some friends. We got a hashtag women supporting women. Thanks to each of you, Kiki, Emily, BBDB. This was a total blast. I so appreciate it. I respect each of you so much. And literally, this was my dream team. I am so happy that we were able to process this all together. So I have to say thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Hooray. All right, guys, on that note, hope you enjoyed the episode and we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye.